When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett, recording a day earlier than usual. This was mm. always planned, Rob. We're going mm. on a Monday. This was always planned. However, it's actually coming off the back of some pretty significant news which broke on Saturday night. Manchester United are appointing a new chief executive officer and he's coming from Manchester City, which is very, very, very interesting indeed. We'll be talking mainly about that development today. Omar Barada on his way across the city, <laughs> it seems, uh, as a key part of the Man City unit above Pep Guardiola or around Pep Guardiola that has led to them being so successful over the last few years. And obviously, there's some other flags around Manchester City success, this kind mm-hmm. of thing. We'll talk about that. But, you know, I don't think anybody can doubt, Rob, no matter what, how many charges City have against them. They're a very well-run football club. And Omar Barada has been a part of that for a number of years now. And uh, Man United have managed to pluck him, give him a, a promotion in a sense, it, I think it's the logical next step, or it would have been the logical next step for him at City. But obviously, that pathway seems to be blocked as it is, given Ferran Sariano and Tiki Bergerstein are there, this kind of thing. But Omar Barada, it's ballsy. It's, it's just, it's, it's very, very ballsy from Man United and from Omar Barada himself. Um, I'm guessing you like this one, Rob. Very much so. It's ballsy, but it's business, Scott. It's exactly what you should be doing. If you are serious about being the best in class, about pushing your your industry to the top, top level where you once weren't like 10, 15, 20 years ago, this is what you do. And this is an individual, Scott, that I think five minutes ago before Ineos took their stake in Manchester United, you could never have dreamed of getting an executive of this level who's been achieving the things that he has achieved. Like you just said there, um, kind of a promotion, obviously CEO at Manchester United in name, but not really the kind of divide that we see people cross when you've got Manchester City incredibly successful. You just talked there about uh, Tixi Bagiristein. There's a succession plan at Manchester City that he was very much part of. And it was seen that he would eventually, you know, be handed the keys to the Etihad Kingdom and that he would go forward with the football club. He's done so much good work behind the scenes for Man City. Um, he's a guy who splices football and business together and gets it and has worked at Barcelona, 
And this is the whole Barcelona kind of DNA at Man City, isn't it? And what United have done is say, we want a bit of that. We want this guy and we're going to offer him something and we'll see if he wants to come and do it. And guess what? He does. And it's a, it's a huge step forward for Manchester United. We're in the January transfer window, Scott, but it's not about players at this stage. It's about getting everything sorted behind the scenes, isn't it? So you can go forward and start buying the right players. This is a, a stellar appointment by Jim Ratcliffe. I mean, we've talked for so long on this pod about sorting things out upstairs mm. and putting football back at the heart of what matters at Man United. And United's statement actually seemed to allude to the fact that perhaps maybe it wasn't. And obviously, very I think, different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was very, very interesting. The one particular line which stood out regarding football being back at the heart of everything that we do and plan. Um, you know, it's a significant, significant move. Probably, I won't say the first, because um, obviously the takeover is going through or the, the change of ownership is going through. Maybe the the first significant hire by that team, and it's the CEO. And you'd expect there's plenty more to come. We asked a few weeks ago, well, we are talking about Dan Ashworth a few weeks ago. Why would Dan Ashworth leave Newcastle for Manchester United? Newcastle are better. He's got the keys to the kingdom there. Well, they've just plucked somebody from Manchester City that is at the top of world. They're at the top of world football at the moment. They're the treble winners. They are perfectly set up to continue dominating football pending these uh, charges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> Maybe you want a new challenge, a step up for Omar Barada. And uh, Rob, I think the outside of that statement that United made, I think the big thing for me is, obviously, it's, it's emerged since that this was led by Sir Dave Brailsford. Uh, that went in then, or talks went in then through Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and obviously this is uh, conjoined with the Glazers as well. You know, the fact that I think it's emerged that they've been working on this since December, but no, absolutely nobody, nobody knew about this until it was done. And until mm. City had a statement, David Ornstein, fantastic uh, scoop. Very, very, very good journalist. And, uh, you know, this is, is this a, a sign of changing times at Man United? Because usually, Rob, is every single thing that Man United do is known about beforehand. <laughs> and if anything, the previous regime feed on that. They love to drive mm. talk and this kind of thing. They love to drive uh, speculation. They love to bat it away. But at the same time, you know, if they keep moving like this, then it's a big, big departure from what we've seen in the previous 10 years, isn't it? Completely. And, you know, serious people do things seriously, Scott. Like, this is why Manchester United have been a laughing stock for over a decade, is that they chose that when Fergie walked out the door, rather than continue it to be the most successful football project in English football, they decided to make it Disneyland. And in fact, Edward would use those words. He called Manchester United the Disneyland, the Disney world of, of football. And that was worrying. But thanks, we're like, we're not a Mickey Mouse club. Hello. You know, we're the biggest. So this move here, I think, is about reestablishing those links because we know that Ineos and Jim Ratcliffe, whatever people's opinions are of them personally, Dave Brailsford's obviously had his contro uh, controversies 
with his cycling team and all those things and everything that goes with it over, over the years, that this is a serious move. You just mentioned there Dan Ashworth. And the big question over that was always like, how can Dan Ashworth turn his back on the richest football club in the world in Newcastle? Well, by doing things like this, by putting someone at the top of the tree like Barada and actually saying, there we go, here's a guy who's going to lead this project forward for years now. And this is no longer just a let's print money project. This is a let's print money and spend it on football project. So it's a change. It's very, very different. And it means that you can go and get anyone you want. If you can go to Man City and take someone out of their structure and out of their pyramid to assimilate into yours, there's not many clubs in the world that can do that, Scott. There really isn't. United are one of like one you could count on your hand. There's not many of them. And Man City are not happy. Man City are not happy about this because this is a guy that they've developed for years and has really helped them with the success behind the scenes of splicing football and business together. He's done an incredible job there. He's 45 years old. He's at that age where he's ready to take that next step. Manchester United is perfect for him, but it is a brave move, isn't it? Crossing red lines, you know, red and blue lines in Manchester to do it. Jim Ratcliffe's gone, I don't care about any of that. I'm here to win. I'm going to go get the best in class. And his first move is, it is, it's a stunning move. It really, really is to go and get someone from Manchester City from the top table of Man City. You know, this is not someone who's just somewhere down the line. It's someone who's highly thought of up there and one of the Barcelona guys. And he believes he can come to Manchester United and take them to the next level. And that is that is hugely exciting. If you're a United fan, you've got to feel good about that. Slight problem there. I was on mute. What does it say about Man United that they're plucking staff from Manchester City? I've seen plenty of fallout saying, oh, they're picking off our, you know, some of our people shows how shows the levels between the two clubs. Well, it does. Of course it does. It there's echoes though of I've seen comparisons to Peter when Peter Kenyon left United for Chelsea in 2003. Yeah. Uh 21 years. God, blimey. Uh when he left for Chelsea when Roman Abramovich took over, that was essentially a, a signal to say hey, we need somebody who's been there and done it and led or been a part of a successful football club. And we're just going to take that out, bring all that knowledge with him, with us, and start to build our own dynasty. And then Chelsea went on to essentially win, well, they dominated English football for a couple of years. Even Sir Alex Ferguson's United couldn't catch up with them for a for a little while. Uh, but this is a signal, isn't it, Rob? But I think if you were in doubt at all that this wasn't the real deal. Obviously, we need to see more. Obviously, actions speak louder than the words, this kind of thing, but this is a significant action. If you were still Camp Qatar, you know, Qatar was going to inject loads and loads of money and we were going to be magnificent and rich and all this kind of thing. This was always what I was after. I just wanted somebody or a, a party to come in take sporting control, well, take full ownership really, but sporting control is something that we'll have to just live with for a while until the rest of the ownership situation sorts itself out. Smarter decisions, smarter decisions are the key here. And you can, when United drive as as much revenue as they do, I know their financial position isn't great at the moment, but when United drive as much revenue as they do, you just need to harness that smartly. And Barada has, uh, I, I 
dug up some or I've watched some previous interviews that he's done. Mm. Remember him accepting an award at a previous award show. I saw I can't remember which one it was, but he spoke quite well then. That was a that was in the last year, eighteen months or something. And you know, it's just really, really encouraging, Rob, isn't it, that United are starting to make smart decisions and like if they can just figure out their financial situation, turn things around, there's probably no person or people better than who's coming in now to start turning the ship around. It gives you a bit more confidence that they're actually they actually mean what they're what they're talking about. Completely. I wrote uh, an article about it yesterday and I described it as as Jim Reckless' first move at the poker table of the Premier League. This is what he's done. He sat down and he's gone, right, here's my chips, here's my wealth, here's my cash. This is what I'm going to do at Man United. I'm going to Man City and I'm taking who I want. <clears throat> now, people can look at that and say, well, we don't know much about this guy. Like I'm talking about fans in general. I think this is it. You just mentioned about Man City fans and the reaction that they've had. Um, we can't pretend that Man City haven't done all of that stuff behind the scenes really, really well. Like, this is a guy who helped orchestrate the Haaland move, you know, and and doesn't just oversee Man City's business, but actually oversees all of the City Group business, you know, across their 11 clubs that they own worldwide. So this is not someone who's, you know, like we called it promotion there. This is not someone who's just moving desks. This is someone that knows the business and is coming to Manchester United for one reason only. I'm sure he's going to get paid a lot of money, Scott, of course. But this is a long project. This is not something that you're doing, you're trying to do in year one. This is not kind of just like reactionary moves. The Peter Kenyon example you gave there is perfect. Because again, I think Peter Kenyon's a name that was being kind of lost to the past. But when he went to Chelsea, you know, it was a big stink because it was like, hang on a second. What, what is this? This new money at Chelsea here in West London. Why has Peter Kenyon gone from United, essentially, or what he's done previously, to Chelsea, and the whole idea with that was to press a reset button, was to go there and say, right, hang on, we are serious players. We're not here to mess around. We want to win. And what did Chelsea do? I think it's fair to say Chelsea did win over time. Kenyon wasn't there forever and ever, and you know they did change their structure. Again, I, I described this uh, appointment as the first move in Ineos' move. Like They'll be trying now for the next year, two, three, four, five, to create a team behind the scenes that's all-powerful, all-knowing, and can take United forward on the football pitch. And I think, again, Scott, as well, we talked about United and managers and the, the previous structure. United have bought top players in the last 10 years. They have. They've just bought them all at the wrong time or bought them for the wrong manager or bought them with the wrong tactics or bought them just, like, skew if. Go and buy players that are good and young players that are good and develop them. I use Julian Alvarez as an example almost every single week. Julian Alvarez is the kind of signing that this guy goes and gets. This is how you structure your football club. You go and you look, you scout properly, and you go get the next stars. You don't always just go and get the top stars of the day. You don't go and get the Mbappe and spend three, four hundred million. So I think it's fantastic. I really, really do. Because the whole thing is as well, Scott, is that I don't want Jim Ratcliffe making football decisions. Like, he's just a billionaire guy who knows a load about, like, petrol and chemicals and stuff like that he's coming in with his money and he's going right i'm going to go get the people that will be doing it right now and are at the very very top of their game and can also then take united with them on that journey towards victory again so yeah fantastic really really good piece of news for manchester united and i think 
Like now we've got to see it, haven't we? Like this is this thing. I'm not going to get overly excited about an executive coming into Manchester United, but this is what we wanted. This is exactly what we wanted is that you go and hire serious people to make you a serious football club once again. Man United have not been a serious football club, Scott, for a really, really long time. And you know what? Football knows it. Football's known it. They've looked at United and they've gone, look at them lot over there. They're a joke. And we've been a joke. This move is not a joke move. This is the opposite. It's to show you're very, very serious. Well, you've moved from Ed Woodward to Richard Arnold to, well, to bankers in a sense, to somebody who's been in or a part mm. of the most successful football structure of the last decade. Like you say, 45, 46 years old, Rob, plenty of... Uh, Plenty of room for him to grow. I think this is a role, role which will allow him to grow. He comes in, as you mentioned, with experience of uh, the multi-club model. Mm. City have, I think it's even 30, I think it's up to 13 clubs in the City mm. group at the moment. United, uh, well, Ineos anyway, have uh, Nice and Lausanne, obviously. I think there's suggestions that they are looking to expand that as well down the line. But... Yeah, you have to make the CEO appointment first, and obviously there will be more appointments to follow, you would think. We've talked about Dan Ashworth already. We've talked plenty about Paul Mitchell. If you can accumulate a group of people who are experienced and have proven track records of uh, working very well within football club structures, it has to give you some encouragement that at some point in the future, United will start to get things right on the pitch. And if they're publicly declaring that football's back at the heart of everything that they do, seemingly alluding to the fact that it wasn't previously. I wonder how that got through, actually. <laughs> you know, it tells you, you think the Glazers are going to do that? Do you think the Glazers would have made this move without Ineos there? No. They they put two guys within the structure already who they know, knew pretty well. I would, would help them out during the takeover, you know? So... They're moves of convenience. This is a move of ambition. Yeah, I don't know if you can read the statement out, Scott, to our, to our audience, but I'll kind of just touch around that. Is that the wording of that statement, you can clearly see that they've got rid of everyone at Man United under the Arnold regime of uh, of spin. Because the, it's, so, it's all in the wording. Like when you're a journalist, you read this stuff and you feel it straight away. And I, and I read that, and before any of us had had discussions about it, I read that and I thought this is completely different. It's completely well, different. He talks about the fact they talk about the fans straight away. They talk about the club, the history of the club. Matt Busby. They're like, we we are. This is a concerted effort. This is not United from three, four, five years ago. Do you know what I remember? Richard Arnold Scott, and it's the biggest joke ever. Is when he turned up at a pub to talk to Man United fans, <laughs> and people went, "Oh, that's really good that he did that, isn't it?" It's like he shows he's a real world man. And I went, "No, no executive does that." No executive turns up and starts talking about behind the scenes business. It's not professional. That's not how you do it. You do it. You do it through the official communication lines, and then you're honest with fans. You can do it that way. But he turns up and has a jar of beer and uh, and starts talking about transfer keys. It's rubbish, yeah. And I was like, no, that's not a serious guy. So you're not going to see this guy turning up at pubs. This is the right way to do it. It's actually have a proper PR team now as well that talks for you through your club statements. And that club statement, Scott, was a completely different tone to anything we've seen at United under the Glazers. And the whole thing about, right, we are now here to talk about football is so refreshing because that's what we want. 
we're sick of all the other gump that comes with United, all the negative stuff. And this was like, yeah, this is where we're going. This is the journey. And it's about the fans. It's about winning. It's about football. Come on the journey with us. I liked it. As soon as I read it, I felt good about that. Well, here it is. Uh, Man United is pleased to announce the appointment of Omar Barada as its new CEO. <clears throat> the club is determined to put football and performance on the pitch back at the heart of everything we do. That is the one. Omar's appointment represents the first step on this journey. As one of the most experienced football executives at the top of European football, Omar brings a wealth of football and commercial expertise with a proven track record of successful leadership and a passion to help lead change across the club. He's currently serving as Chief Football Operations Officer for City Football Group. Oh, it is 11, sorry, 11 clubs, sorry, Rob. Uh, across five continents and prior to this held senior roles at Barcelona. It's our stated ambition to re-establish Manchester United as a title-winning club. We are pleased that Omar will be joining us to help achieve that goal so that once again, United fans can see in the words of Samat Busby, the red flag flying high at the summit of English, European and world football. Omar's start mm -hmm. date will be confirmed in due course. In the meantime, Patrick Stewart will continue as interim CEO. Obviously, gardening leave now. He's already resigned from Manchester City. The takeover hasn't even been rat ratified yet and they've already made this announcement, which is quite interesting. <clears throat> you know, it's so usual that United drag things out. Remember when they told us they were going to get a sporting director and they didn't hire anyone for two years? <laughs> they said we're going to get a sporting director and then in the conference call, they told everyone it was Richard Arnold. <laughs> and not Richard Arnold, it was Ed Woodward. They were like, oh, Ed Woodward mate, is still support, kind of doing sporting director roles. It's like, he's not, is he? He's, that's not actually his job. <laughs> so, and he doesn't know anything about sport. Um, but I think the thing is, like you just said there about the order of things, this is what we've been looking for. We've been looking for United to kind of restructure in this manner to kind of say. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Say to all of us, right, this is how we want to do it. And the, the, the choice of the words there, Scott, is everything that's so important there around, around how the club moves forward. Because I think executives should be kind of out of sight and out of mind. Yeah, yeah, they should do their jobs behind the scenes, but we shouldn't have to think or talk about them most weeks. Like they're not the stars of the club. And what's happened with United and the Glazers all the way through it is that it's become a soap opera, isn't it? And just saying there that they want United to become a title-winning club again, they've made this agreement with the Glazers that they won't publicly slate the Glazers as part of it, yeah? And that's normal. They're not going to come out and they're not going to smash the Glazers and say the Glazers have done it wrong. But I think the Glazers have admitted to them behind the scenes that they've got quite a few things wrong. That's why United are not winning. You cannot have the record you have on the football pitch and say you got it right. Yeah, you've made revenues. 
but you're also losing profit. So that's not a good look. That's a problem. That's why they've brought Ineos in to be able to reset this and be able to do it. And this is why Manchester United is now a Sir Jim Ratcliffe Ineos project and not a Glazer one. The Glazers are going to sit on the board and you're going to put a guy like this in front of them and say, this is going to be our new CEO. And they're going to go, yes, please. Like this, this, they could not imagine to get someone like this. Again, the article I wrote yesterday, I kind of compared it to uh, to like Jim Ratcliffe being the star quarterback of a of an American institution, and that uh, he's gone and gone got the top cheerleader as his girlfriend. He's gone. Yeah, this is it. I'm showing you what I'm doing. It's something that the ugly Glazers from Tampa Bay could never do. They could never do that. They can never go and attract someone like this because United are a joke, and the Glazers are a joke in sporting terms. So this is where Ratcliffe is in Ratcliffe's hands. And you're not going to hear a lot from Ratcliffe. He's not going to be the guy that chirps along. You'll hear from Brailsford and you'll now hear from, from uh, Bar- uh, Barada. I keep getting his name wrong. It's Barada, isn't it? It's my accent. I apologize. And uh, you're going to, t- you're going to hear from these people, the stakeholders at Manchester United, and you're going to hear from Ineos directly. So that's what I want. I don't want United to become say like Roman Abramovich Mark two, like, but it's kind of a little bit like that in some ways. Like we have got a big benefactor in Jim Ratcliffe. I think you'll just hear so much less from the Glazers now, Scott. Like they never said anything anyway. But now you're going to like, they. I think they will kind of just disappear into the Florida sun and they'll take their cut now and then. And that'll be it. And they'll nod their head when decisions are made. That's it. They Sporting <clears throat> control is away from them, and that is exactly what you needed. I don't care where the profits go at the end of the day. You know, like billionaires are billionaires at the end of the day. None of them are good. It's more about if you've got your heart in the right place for where your sporting project goes. And I think I think we all feel that about Ineos, and we always did along, and that's why we preferred that bid or that kind of structure over, say, the Qatari one, which, again, has reared its head in the last week or two. But, again, more spin. Like, it's just boring. It's not football, is it? It's politics. And we don't really want to go down that route. We're not, you know, it's dull at the best of times. Just uh, when the when the external investment or the and the sporting control change was made, I think it was alluded to in the statement that the Glazers had actually asked for this to happen. They they yes. wanted control to be assumed from them. They, you know, I, I know that they're part of the decision making process and they have to say yes to things. But obviously, I think. What we have seen in the last few few weeks is an admission, as Rob says, there, <clears throat> an admission really that they ha- they've tried things and they haven't got it right. Hmm. So they wanted somebody else to come in and sort things out for them, and they can just sit back, put their feet up, and just make more money off the back of it. And hey, that's the situation. Uh, you know, the like I said the other day on la- last uh, the last show, the Glazers won when they took full control. They won a long, long time ago, and everything. They they were never not winning. The only way they weren't winning is if the club isn't sold or there's no external investment at all. But they would have found it from somewhere. They would have found it from somewhere. So it's good that sporting control is moving along with it, rather than just we're going to give you a billion quid to buy a stadium, but you keep total control or yes. two billion quid. You know, there there are alternatives here. I know you, everyone looks at Sheikh Jassim and the promise of unlimited money from a state and thinks it could have been so much better. It could have been so much worse as well. It really could have been so much worse. And nobody seems to talk about that. But what is happening here is structural change. And Omar Barada should be the first person 
hired by Ineos to become a part of that. And as we said earlier in the show, there should be future appointments made as well. Rob, in terms of... I haven't even done the plugs yet. Let me do this. Right. (laughs) Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, the Promised Land and Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, hit the notification bell as well and follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram, TikTok, at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube and at TPL MUFC for the show as well. No updates yet on what days we'll be doing the show, but we thought... Monday might work. I think Mondays might might fix up for a little while. Uh, and then Thursday or Friday, I would think. So one at the start of the week, one at the end of it before the weekend, before the football comes. <clears throat> but, right. I just wanted to ask you this. Have you seen the, the tweets that have been dug up? I've seen, yeah, I've seen the one. What, are you talking about the one where he wants Man United to lose? That one? From there were more, but yes. I haven't seen more than that. Ones. You, you go for it. Go describe it. Well. The, the, the general theme here is that Omar Barada has uh, been throwing shade at Manchester United in the past, and his tweets are still out there for the Twitterverse to jump on and say he doesn't care. Look, they've hired this guy who hates Manchester United. <laughs> what what are they doing, idiots? I can't believe it. Obviously, Twitter had its fun with it. I'm looking at one which talks about watching the Man United Bayern 99 UCL final in the SBN Classic. I'd forgotten how much Bayern really deserved to win that match. Yes, they did. Yeah, we said that. They did, <laughs> and United scored twice in, in injury time. They, they did. Yeah. Guess who did they win it? Bar twice. Yeah, doesn't matter, does it? And uh, he shared a, a Guardian article from 2014 talking about how United are a mess. We know. We've been talking, we, how long have we spent talking about United being a mess? And also, this is 10 years ago, and also, he's a professional. So it doesn't actually matter. You can have your fun with it, but does it actually matter, Rob? Of course no. it doesn't matter. And I think this is the problem with Twitter, is that a tweet from 15 years ago completely misrepresents who you are 15 years later. That's just that's the truth. And I think in football, everyone has gassed off at some time. So you know, if you love football, you, you, know, you have a football team. At some point, you've had a go at an opponent, haven't you? At some point, you've gone, I don't like this out of the other. And that doesn't mean you don't, you can't work for them in years going forward. I've worked with Liverpool over certain things. People might go, oh, Rob, you know, do I like Liverpool as a football team when they're playing Manchester United or in the Manchester United context of football? Of course not. So it's about professionalism. You know, and, and you know, 2012 was like now 12 years ago, and he's 45 years old. So he would have been in his early 30s then. Like, I think he's probably been quite a different person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So the fact that you're coming from Man City, you know, I think his last tweet was Man City celebrating their 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 treble success. Well, does that mean that he can't work for Man United one day? Paul no. Mitchell's a City fan, by the way. Paul Mitchell's a City fan, I know. And as someone said, I saw, I saw another tweet out, and people were like, well, people forget. So Matt Busby came from Man City. People forget that. Ryan Giggs was taken from Man City's academy. It has happened before. You go to Man City, you can take people. You know, this is not, you know, imagine Busby. Imagine you've gone, oh, I don't want Matt Busby in the kind of 40s and the 50s because he was he played for Man City. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Like, it's just a little bit of a joke. But this is what social media is, isn't it? It's about antagonism and it's about kind of joining dots that are not there. So 
yeah, he posted some tweets about Man United that were not very nice ages ago. Uh, so what? Like, grow up. Like, everyone shouldn't be 12 years old on social media. But unfortunately, that is how it is, and that's how it goes. So those things are going to come up, aren't they? One other thing. The, the charges, then. So 115 charges against Manchester City. Omar Barada has been part of City for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. The charges were made, well, previously been made, were still awaiting a court date. But they are charges across multiple elements, down to contracts, down to sponsorships. And City obviously strenuously deny the charges. And there's no suggestion that Omar Barada held positions... Like, well, there's no suggestion that he was involved in any of this, but obviously, if the accusations are there, the charges are there, and you're a part of that structure, is this a big risk, Rob, in case he does come out as implicated in this? What what would that say? Do you... would the, the, Let's just say, will they have done their due diligence necessarily to make sure that he is not going to be implicated in anything that comes out in the future. Well, Ratcliffe and Brailsford are implicated in all sorts over the years. So I think they've got some prior experience to these things and how to maybe avoid them. So I think the whole thing is, is that, yes, he works for the City Group and it's the City Group that are, are going to have their reputation on the line with those charges. But he's not in that position of seniority there to make those very, very big that big calls. Like he's there as an advisor and he has worked, obviously, between the football function and the business function. But that's about the city ownership. I think sometimes we have to make this, this divide between what the owners do and what they want, and sometimes their employees. Now, of course, those at the very top of the pyramid will be questioned about that, and he's kind of somewhere just off that. But no, I'm not worried at all about it, Scott, because, again, I look at it like this. Say he is charged, or say he is implicated in it somewhere down the line, then you go down that process and you get on with it and you, you, you find out. But I believe Ineos have done their due diligence. Ineos don't believe that there's anything there. And let's be honest, these charges have been hanging over Man City for so long. What's happened with them? Nothing. City believe that they're going to get off them. We can question them because I think we should. Uh, you know, we should look at these things ourselves as journalists and people in football and say, oh, hang on, we don't like this. But you don't not go and get a guy like this because of, hearsay and stuff that's happening in the background like those charges are real but they're for man city to answer not for omar barada and what you could say again people have said this last 24 hours is barada jumping ship is he a guy actually who knows what's going on behind the scenes going no, i don't want to be part of this and Manchester united look like a good option here i can start fresh here and i can show what i can do and take this you know huge football club forward you've got to remember as well scott he's a barcelona guy He's come from one of the grand old clubs of world football. I think United are attractive to him for that reason. Manchester City are more new money, aren't they? So it's a wait and see, but I think it's all, I don't know. Like, do you not go and buy Kevin De Bruyne tomorrow for your midfield because he played for Man City? Like, this is, it all gets a little bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Just because you're an employee of the football club doesn't mean you're implicated in some of the stuff that they've done. Well, accused to have done. <laughs> accused exactly so you know Uncharged, i'm sure they've had that conversation with. with him like behind the scenes like you said uh there at the top of the show as well like oh you know that ratifications have gone through and are making all these decisions this is how big business works 
these decisions are made before ratifications, you know, and they would have had this guy on their list for Ineos somewhere down the line longer than December. They would have had a target list and they would have known who they wanted. And now they'll do this with the director of football next as well. So it's not, I think it's normal practice. It's just, it's what's done behind closed doors and that's what it should be. It shouldn't be in the public domain. You shouldn't be bragging to anyone so it ends up on the front of a of a newspaper or a tabloid. You should be doing your business and then releasing a statement saying this is what we're doing. I'm all right with it. I think I think I think it's a it's a good executive call. Any uh right, we've been going 35 minutes nearly. Any particular talking points you wanted to bring up, or should we start putting a bow on this? No, I think we put a bone in because I think this is the only really significant news that matters. Um, Unless you want to talk about Eric's Maxim Chupo voting again. Well, you know, we can start talking about the lit, maybe. We'll see. You know, there's there's all sorts of little bits of rumours going around. Brian about... Brobby. Brian Brobby. We did a whole show on Brian Brobby, yeah? Um, no. Um, I I, th- I kind of think that this is that there's almost like a full stop on this, on this news today with with the appointment because I think now we have to let Ineos go and do their thing. We have to let them get this project going. Hey, they're going to do it anyway, whether we let them or not. They're gonna, no, but I'm, I'm talking more for our, for our audience and our fans. Like, yeah, they're going to do it in spite of what any, anyone says, of course. But I do think the United fans, I, I, I noticed a little turn yesterday in United fans seeing this news and then going, Oh, this is very different. Now, there was other United fans who were going the other way and saying, oh, we don't want Man City people, implications, all these charges. Yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. But you'd want Man City's success, so, you know, simmer down. Uh, I, I think kind of where we stand today was more United fans actually going, this looks more like a serious football club again, and this is what we want United to do behind the scenes. And this feels very non-Glazonomics. This is not what we've experienced for 15 years. Just want to cap off on this, Scott, as well. We, we've like we talked there about Champions League finals and stuff from the past. Um, and the conversation I had when we won the Champions League in Moscow with someone who, who kind of foresaw a lot of this and said, Oh, you know, we're worried because of what the Glazers want to do. And at that point, the Glazers had no real they had the stake in United, obviously, and they'd gone and take had the takeover, but they didn't really make any of the executive calls, they kind of just sat there and took the money. That's kind of where they want to be again. That that's what attracts them. They want to kind of just disappear now and let Ineos do all the football work. I think also what it shows, Scott, with this appointment is that Manchester United are going to spend money on the right things because Ineos are going to have to give this guy quite a lot of cash to come and cross the line to come and do the job. But this is not a kind of a shiny, exciting kind of thing. This is about structure and structure must come first, second and third in every business. And that's what this feels like. Like we say, we've talked about sorting out the structure for God knows how long. Uh, even that article Forever. that Barada shared was talking about, is this David Moyes' fault or is this a case of the ownership <laughs> and the Glazer family? Like that, I, I that don't was in think a serious ownership would have employed Moyes at that time. You know, like they kind of gave, put the blame on Fergie, didn't they? You know, they kind of said it was Fergie's choice, but who does that? Who lets the guy going out the door make your future decisions? Like, that's mad, isn't it? You make decisions, but you make them best in class. So they've done that, Scott, for so long, even with all their chief execs. They've done it like with, they did it with Richard Arnold, did it with Ed Woodward. They kind of just put all the blame on other people who work for them and doing their bidding. So 
you know, Ineos are, are going to be a collaborative project. There's going to be the top minds together trying to win football matches and put United back at the very top. So that's surely what we all want. That's what we wanted. You know, like if Qatar had come in, it would have been more of the glitz and the glamour side of it. They might not have fixed the structure. And I'll tell you what, there's no way Abu Dhabi would have let Qatar take one of these guys out of their football club. No way that would never have happened. But this has been done in a professional manner. And you've gone and got, got the guy, the executive that you really, really wanted. Right. We will wrap it there because there's no no football to talk about because United play, well, they've had the weekend off. I'm seeing some players away on holiday. And they are back in action against Newport County, the Scott Saunders derby, people are mm-hmm. calling it. Not me, um, even though I just did on Sunday afternoon. So we'll be back to maybe look ahead to that a little bit and see what else develops over the next few days behind the scenes. The transfer window is edging closer to the end. There's about a week and a bit left of the transfer window. So we'll do what we need to talking about that. If anything happens, but it's been a quiet month so far, apart from departures obviously Jaden Sancho is doing fantastic in the Bundesliga of course even though he tried to take a penalty at the weekend and didn't get it anyway uh <laughs> one for another day subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube the promise and Manchester United podcast like the video subscribe leave a comment hit the notification bell and follow us on socials at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at TPL MUFC and Rob final word from you well, I was just going to say, look out for my live shows off the back of that, because that's where we go in the next few weeks. I'll be doing live shows. And this is the kind of news where we would go live and I would talk to to our audience and kind of have a proper live backwards and forwards. So if you've got questions and stuff, please, please jump on those shows with me and chat away because I need you because I can't just talk to no one. Uh, and if you want answers to certain questions, then please feel free to ask me. And 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 I hope, Scott, that this, this news is a turning point. Absolutely. I hope that this is now United pushing forward and now go and get the guy you want in terms of the sporting control and the football side and the football director. Because I think this puts Dan Ashworth absolutely massively at play. Like, if you can go get this guy, you can go get that guy. And I think Ineos will feel that. They'll feel empowered that they managed to negotiate this and get this guy out of the top football club, the very biggest at the moment in world football, the team that's winning everything. Can they now go and get maybe the top sporting director in in the Premier League? People might call him that, you know, incredible experience. Can you imagine the team that would be when you're attracting footballers? It's a, it's a powerful elixir. You know, if you can get people to drink from that cup, you can get what you want. Indeed. Dan Ashworth next. Potentially. We'll see. We'll talk about that. I'm sure in the future, or whoever that sporting director is going to be, Omar Barada is in, or will be in, after Gardner and Levers, Man United's new CEO. A show completely about structure today, and one person coming in who doesn't probably, I don't say never kicked a football, he definitely has at some point, but never kicked a football on a football pitch on a professional level ever We're talking about that. That has been the subject of today's show. We will get back to the football at some point, but United are off at the moment. And big moves being made off the pitch. So very, very encouraging. Check back in for the promised land later this week. And we'll see you soon, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy Man United not ruining things with their on-pitch antics currently. But hopefully 
some hires are being made, which will start to turn around the on-pitch disaster later down the line. Until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. From Scott and Rob, this has been The Promised Land. See you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.